good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. your deepest hope. What does that make you think about? What is your deepest hope? Do you even know? Or would you think you had to sit down and think about it seriously like a personal goal or something that needs to be fulfilled? Well, that's actually not what we're going to go with that today, but I think that's one of the things that first would come to mind. And by the end of this talk, I'm going to do something that we rarely do here at SLC, and I'm going to tell you what your deepest hope really is. <laughs> so sit back, ride with me for a bit. You know, I really love the word hope, and this might sound silly, but it just sounds so hopeful. <laughs> but what is hope? When we are engaging in hopeful thinking, what are we doing? And is it really that helpful? Is it just, is it, is hope just pie in the sky thinking? Oddly, the four authorities I consulted kind of say that. I wasn't happy about that, by the way. <laughs> so Charles Fillmore says hope and faith. Hope is the expectation of good in the future. It is a quality, good as far as it goes, of sense mind because it is subject to time. Faith is a certain knowledge that our good is ours now. It is of God. It goes beyond time and space. And then he turns around and he quotes Hebrews 11.1 1 and says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Well, that's not helpful. What do you, you, know, what do you mean? Ernest Holmes, he said, Hope is good. It's better than despair. But it is a subtle illusion and an unconscious compromise. At this point, I'm like, this is supposed to be an uplifting talk. <laughs> so Emma Curtis Hopkins does this really tricky thing that leads her to teaching us how to become hopeless. And it's really cool, and I'm going to come back to that. Now, the fourth authority was Charles Schultz. And he spoke to me through a comic when I was quite young on July 15, 1960. This appeared in the paper, and you probably can't read it, but Lucy is talking to Linus, and she says, you know what we're going to do tomorrow? Pat, Patty, and Violet and I are going on a picnic. I just hope to goodness that it doesn't rain. And Linus, ever the little Bible-thumping blanket carrier, says, hoping to goodness is not theologically sound. Now, that struck me even at that young age, and I'm still not sure why, but it stayed with me forever. And I don't know that I totally understood it. 
And maybe now I, 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 can, I can speak to that, but it seemed important because it just stayed there. So what Fillmore and Holmes are saying is that faith is the bedrock of our consciousness, of our prayer, and that we cannot, must never doubt, ever, that when we pray, we're doing our deep work and there is no time for dilly-dallying. We need to be definite. Faith is a deep knowing that that which is sought is ours for the taking. That's what Fillmore says. And so we should pray that knowing the answer is here. Pray in confidence and certainty. And don't wreck it by ending your deep prayer by saying out loud, loud well, there, Whew. I hope that helps. <laughs> Doing that would simply counteract any good or positive ideas in your mind because it brings your focus back to the doubt. Now, I get that. I get what they're saying. But sometimes you just have to do what Emma Curtis Hopkins says. And she says, hope thy hope, pray thy prayer. Now, while she also advocates being definite that the answer is here now, manifesting now, she also states or hints that hope can be a starting point. And so do I. I think that it can be a point. The definitions in the dictionary of hope as a noun is that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Hope is a feeling. In this case, it's a feeling and it's not a mental construct. And that's what I like about it. Hope against hope, on the other hand, is that clinging to a mere possibility. Hope thy hope, pray thy prayer. When used correctly, hope is a very important and potent tool that can help us move forward in our lives. Because the truth is, is that we all need hope in our lives. Now think of an inventor who gets an idea and then begins to experiment with it. How many times will that person have to go through the process? How many so-called failures? When might they start to lose faith in themselves? When might they start to waver? And then there's a different outcome. And it might be a tiny difference. At experiment 1000, just this little teeny tiny thing has changed. <gasps> Hope arises. It encourages and the inventor regains faith and carries on. As does the artist and the writer, the mother, the parents, all of us, anything that we do. And notice, now these are not situations where the person has gone off into illusionary thinking. This is a well-grounded observation of a small spark that leads to bigger things. It's being open, being aware. It's taking action based on a revitalization of our idea. Now, we all face challenges in our lives. Our spiritual lives, our spiritual path is not meant to make our lives perfect. I know this is news. It's okay. But if our lives were boring, were, were, were perfect, it would be pretty boring, I think. And our spiritual path is really meant to give us tools to navigate the ins and outs of planet Earth. Faith, prayer, and hope are all essential to our well-being. And I suspect that every person in this room and watching us on live stream has had moments of despair, of feeling lost and not knowing what to do next. 
And it could be as simple as trying to do a project and not having it work, or all the way to the extreme of not knowing how to live your life. That an entire spectrum. And there's moments when we get stuck. And while we can have faith that an answer will come, when we sit in the dark, it is really easy for that faith to flee, for doubt to just waltz right back in. But when a light comes on, a little tiny light, and you might not even realize it for a minute, but then you catch it out of the corner of your eye, and you realize that not all is lost, and you have hope. Now, I'll be honest with you. Some of you may have, have known or heard that, I, that, that a certain virus finally caught up with me after three years. Hey, I did well. And it was relatively mild, so I was sure that I was going to be able to come do this talk today. At least I hoped I would be. <laughs> and I am. Except that my brain is still sort of winking in and out. And <laughs> Thank you for that. And though I had four pages of notes, none of it was coming together yesterday. I mean, it was, and, and I had some, I had a couple of moments of near panic. Because I don't like letting people down, and I felt lost and in the dark. And what would I do if I couldn't come offer some mighty words of wisdom today? And then I realized <clears throat> that, as so often happens with the lesson, is this lesson was staring me right in the face. And so I stopped, and I printed out what I had, which wasn't much, and I looked for just one glimmer of light to send me forward. Nope, nothing. Nothing was working. My hopes for my talk on hope were dashed. And finally, I, I surrendered, and I thought, well, I'll just take a nap. But that didn't work either. I couldn't go to sleep. <laughs> but in the process of that kicking back, it filtered into my mind that what I was doing was I was trying to sit there and type the whole talk instead of handwriting it, because I always handwrite my first draft because I can turn off my mind and just let the pen flow. Oh, duh. <laughs> Hope blossomed at that point. I can do this. And sure enough, it worked. I moved from my moment of hope into action. And well, here we are. And this talk might be a little shorter than usual, but we have one. And I wrote that, and then the talk got longer, so we'll see. <laughs> the realization that something is working is moving gives you courage, and it gives you that reason to continue on. And as you follow the signs and the light gets brighter, you see the possibility ahead of you, and the thing is accomplished. Another way to look at hope is to treat it as a message from your higher self. When I was struggling with this talk, I wasn't sitting there hoping to goodness the words would come. I was making words, I was participating, and the words were floating all over the place going, I'm gonna be over here and I'm gonna be up here, but I'm not gonna be like cohesive, no. We're not playing. 
I was very much seeing the task accomplished, but it still just wasn't quite coming together. It took my stopping and opening to a different voice before the energy shifted. Holmes and Fillmore see hope as a future expectation which introduces doubt. So they teach that we should always pray from a position of complete faith, complete knowing that it is done now, looking to the now, never to the future. But I'm not always in that place, and I'm guessing neither are you. There are times when we're just not in that place. So for me, hope is the light of possibility that dissolves doubt and brings me back to faith, steadfastness, and knowing. Now, the cool thing about Emma Curtis Hopkins is that she sees it all as a process. I start with a hope, and then I actively pray knowing that the thing is accomplished. But it may happen in stages as it, did with our, it does with our inventor or it did with this talk. Each step is accomplished. We're in the present. We see the possibility of the next step. We call that hope. We take action, we affirm, we're in the present. And so on with each step, always in the present until it is done. Whereupon, we become hopeless. Because as, Kurt, as Curtis says, when we have love, we don't hope for love. When we have what we need, we don't hope. We are hopeless. <laughs> is that cool or what? Basically, she advocates for hopelessness, that you live so pre in the present so much and are so attuned to your higher self that you don't spend time hoping, you just be. But she also does not discount or deride hope. She allows it its place. Hope thy hope, pray thy prayer, and when you truly see, what is there to hope for? There is a place for a need for hope. The kind of hope that encourages us, raises us up. Now, there's a Sandra Bullock movie called Hope Floats. People heard it, right? It's probably one of my favorite movies of her, not necessarily because it's the best, but I like the message. And yes, it is the story of a small town girl who goes back to her hometown and finds the love of her life sitting on a fence, just waiting there, looking gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. And yes, he also went out and got all rich and didn't tell anybody. But the core of this story is of a, a, a woman who grew up in a small town was led to be, believe she was very, very special. And then she got married to the high school sweetheart, went off into the world, found out what life was really like. And she was shown that she was human like everybody else. This character lost everything except her child. And the child is, is her hope in this story. It's her light, light to a new life. And she does crash and burn, and she goes through a lot of pain and then slowly realizes what her life can be. And of course, at the end of the movie, things have settled, and she has true love with the gorgeous guy on the fence. I guess they let him off once in a while. But the movie doesn't end with them, you know, kissing in the rain and all of that. They end with her having a conversation with her little daughter. 
and they're talking about what their new life might be looking like. like. And the last line that Sandra Bullock says is, is when you give it a chance, hope floats up. And that's why I like that movie. Hope does float up. Not in a sometime in the future, wouldn't it be cool kind of way. It floats up into your life until you don't need it anymore. And you are fully capable of being hopeless. There will be days when you are thrillingly, happily hopeless. And there's going to be days when hope is all you have. That's natural. And when you look at it correctly, you can use your faculty of hope to become your highest and best self. Hope your hope. Pray your prayer. Hope is sudden insight. Hope is a gentle chuckle in the midst of despair. Hope is an umbrella in a deluge. Hope is a crack in a dark window. Hope is a sign. Hope is silent. Hope is warm. Hope is love. Hope is joy. Hope is a speck. Hope is courage. Hope is eternal. Hope sustains, hope floats, hope sings, hope rests, hope nudges, hope reassures, hope lives, hope heals, hope vibrates, hope whispers, hope screams, hope remains. Oh, right, yeah, your deepest hope? Your deepest hope is your ability to see, even in the dark. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center